before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Hey, I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And together we host Drinking and Screaming. We're a new horror discussion podcast based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, where each episode we pair a new cocktail with our movie of the week. For instance, I'm pairing this ad with just a shot of tequila. You know, because... Most ads are horrible. With Drinking and Screaming, you'll find yourself pulled into a new horror film to discuss and a new cocktail to try every week. Every episode is laced with great soundtracks, theme breakdowns, production trivia, Char's bad drinks, and so much more. What? I said clips from the movie. New episodes every week. Join in on the spoops. Drinking and Screaming, wherever podcasts are found. I give this ad a 5 out of 10. You know, we don't rate the movies. 5 out of 10. Ready to talk about Mothman? That's all I want to talk about, possibly for the rest of my life. I'm not sure, but definitely right now. Mothman. Moth Next man, week, Mothman. Perhaps the moth podcast disappears from your feed and it's replaced by the Mothman the podcast. Moth the Mothcast. The Mothcast. Moth sure. Um, just all me babbling about Mothman, going, So, what do you think Mothman is? Because he's definitely real. <laughs> Uh, we uh we gave a little we, hint i think a little we, taste of this in our episode you listened to yesterday if you listen to our regular episode and um we watched a one one hour documentary pretty sure we believe in mothman now yep we you sure know did. how we've been so skeptical about everything and we're like that wasn't a ghost that was some sort of audio hallucination bigfoot's clearly a hoax yeah uh mothman real yeah i don't know what to tell you mothman's super real he's he's real he's totally I'm real scared I'm hardly sleep anymore because Chicago, I'll, watch out. I Liz was just in Chicago. Fortun- unfortunately, you didn't see Mothman, but uh, he was there because yeah, he's real. I was doing some extra research, obviously. It's not that I'm from there and I needed to be there for other reasons. I was looking for Mothman. You're so dedicated to this podcast. Yeah, because there's been a lot of sightings of him there recently. Yes. And that ain't good because... No, we'll find out later that a uh, bad omen. Bad. If you see Mothman... If a lot of people see Mothman, that means... You might want to move. Something bad's going to happen. Which is also hilarious, because I feel like Trump and people who listen to Trump think that Chicago is a violent hellscape of just machine gun fire (laughs) and, I don't know, grenades going off. Like, the way people talk about Chicago has no correlation to Chicago, the city itself. Like... I was talking to my friend of mine about this. We were walking down the street. It was me and our resident librarian, Megan. And we're like, oh, yes, what a what an apocalypse. Like, it was a beautiful day. People are smiling. Yeah, like, kids were out playing. All the, like, flowering trees were in blue. Like, it was honestly, like, beautiful and picturesque. And I was like, Megan, what a shithole. <laughs> you gotta move out of here immediately like I it's did. It's dangerous. Yeah, you're gonna die any minute in this yeah, beautiful, scenic, thriving city. Get the hell out. But also... Mothman, though. Mothman. So Mothman, Trump though. is not right, but the Mothman prediction... Uh, I don't know. I'm worried about Chicago. I was then asking people in Chicago, have you seen Mothman? And they were like, we don't even know what you're talking about. They're not prepared. They oh didn't know anything about oh it. Oh my God, I don't know. That's not good. Okay, first of all, before we get started, I need to give a big shout out to Rob, who is the one who suggested that we watch. Rob is the host of Our Strange Skies. He told us to watch this documentary, and yes, he... Yes, I asked him if he had any good Mothman documentary of recommendation. Of course he did, and he recommended this one, and I'm really glad he did, because this is what has convinced me that Mothman is real. This is the Mothman also, of Point Pleasant. if you like horror movies, or scary, and like... This documentary was very frightening. It scared me. I Samantha and I just happened to be watching it at like about the same time, which is also weird. Yes. And so then we were messaging each other back and forth like, oh my God, I think I believe in Mothman. I'm really scared right now. At one point, so the scary so it's a scary story. It's very spooky. And then like I don't know, the animated reenactments they do are, are creepy. Creepy, creepy as hell. As fuck. At one point I squeal screamed. Because there's, like, this creepy, like, shadow yeah, figure with this white grin and these creepy beady eyes, and they zoom in on this for a long time. I mean, it's meant to scare you, and right? And the music it's, is terrifying It's supposed also. to be scary. It was frightening, um, but I was into it, and yeah, I'm a believer now. 
think there probably is a Mothman. So yeah, there probably is. This is called The Mothman of Point Pleasant. You can watch it if for free if you have Amazon Prime. Otherwise, you might have to rent it. It's like two ninety nine or something yeah. for the the low quality one. Um, um, it it's was only like an hour. It's a little bit over an hour. This was made with like Kickstarter funding. And yeah, so at first I was like, oh, this is gonna be super cheesy. I don't like the font on this title choice. <laughs> like right, like I went into it being my usual bitch self, like. <laughs> This I was stupid. This thing, and then like twenty minutes, and I was like, "Mothman is real," and I'm so scared. I know. And what is the Small Town Monsters? Is that who did it? Yes. Do you even know what that is? No. Is that like a podcast or something? I think it's just a production company. Oh, okay. They did a good job. Yeah. I mean, this is like other than the font choice, I already complained about. Okay, the music well. is very good, and the reenactments which they do is like animations? digital anima- animations are pretty scary they're really very creepy, creepy. including um, mothman which you think that it would just turn out hokey no I'm no sc- i'm scared of mothman i'm yeah scared and i'm sure that's what he looked like yes so this documentary is focusing on weird things that happened in point pleasant point pleasant west Why, virginia how did that suddenly that's all i've been thinking about for days now and somehow that's they say this in the documentary um and it's totally true that Point Pleasant is like the name of the city in a horror movie. Yeah, that's true. You couldn't come up with a better name. Oh, it's a point for... that's pleasant. And also terrifying and yeah. everything terrifying happens there. So this is focusing on the years of like 1967, right? Yeah, I think so. Although we go way back and talk about yes. like this Native American conflict featuring a man named Cornstock. Yeah. So which they seem to like be suggesting is like the origin story of this like creepy they're giving you some background on the area and like folklore in that area yes, and i folklore think is the word i was looking for i think after the mothman sightings they sort of started looking back at other you know tales from the area and like every sighting of like a weird big bird became yes. oh that was mothman because in the early part of the 20th century there were rumors about a bird man that was like flying around and they specifically point out that this was 50 years before the mothman encounter started happening and yeah you were right where that was in the 1960s yeah because this starts off with all right i'm I'm not a huge fan of the narrator of this documentary i'm not complaining yeah they're they're no robert stack they're no robert stack i just feel like he's trying a little too hard to make his voice creepy i wish he had just used his normal voice you know what i mean yep i do because he's saying things like, this might just seem like another folktale that would eventually crescendo into the ultimate nightmare. I was <laughs> yeah, like, it was a little over the top. I was like, ho-hum. But then did I end up getting incredibly freaked out? Yes. So it yeah. all works. It did descend into the ultimate nightmare, I suppose. You get the, yeah, the whole history of Point Pleasant, which is a small town. There's like 5,000 people. It's a close-knit community. It's only like three miles big, the whole thing of it. There's, it's a valley, unlike most of Western Virginia, that's mountainous. You got two rivers meeting, which is why there's a town there at all. And like all of America, it's the scene of us settlers just brutally massacring native people. Yep. So they have a giant, like, uh, what the fuck's that movie? Poltergeist. There's a giant uh, Native American burial site that things have been built on top of. Is that why spooky things are happening? No, it's just a sad... Yes. It's just a sad tale of how this country came to be. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Yep. Uh, yeah. Do I think that Chief Cornstalk cursed Point Pleasant and that's why all this weird shit happened? No. No. That's not what I think. Not really. I think Mothman came. (laughs) (laughs) So, but you do talk to the, like... Um, a descendant of Chief Cornstalk who is rolling her eyes about white people trying to blame everything on right. Chief Cornstalk. So that's a, that's an amusing little... That was funny. A little bit. They also at one point... Yeah, they blame the appearance of Mothman on several things. They make some sort of connection between the phenomenon of Mothman and the space race in Vietnam, which I did not understand. I didn't really follow that at all. It was sort of like... Yeah, nineteen sixty. Like it was a time of change. Seven, I weird guess. time. Things were things were happening. I had no idea what that had to do with Mothman. I mean, a, a little bit. So we Mothman is also in in these uh, West Virginia cases connected to UFOs, and I guess 
space race time, people were thinking a lot about space. Maybe there was a lot more UFO sightings. Sure, maybe. I don't know. They don't really make a clear connection between those things. Yeah, and I don't know what Vietnam has to do with it. The connections seem tenuous at best. You know, the past. Sure. Um... So, yeah, there was a, a bizarre bird man spotted in 1914. It yep. was a giant bird with the head of a man and dark red feathers. Who knows? That was 1914. Yeah. I uh, think the point is that this is not a new phenomenon. People have been seeing this. Or true. similar things for a long time. And also that Mothman is real. Well, that's the point, really. <laughs> uh, I think one of the first cases they talk about seriously is four men digging a grave. Sea Mothman. Okay, yep, that was one of them. And what I find most compelling, like, you're like, Liz, how on earth are you saying that this is true? I don't know that it's true, but I don't understand what's going on. Because in a lot of these sightings, you have multiple witnesses. Yeah, this is one of them. are probably not drunk. No, I don't, I don't think so. They're digging a grave. They're, they're digging a grave. Are they? And they're not murderers. They're supposed to be digging a grave. Yes, <laughs> that's a good, good point. They're yes. grave diggers. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's their, their job. job. <laughs> uh, and then... A fucking gigantic moth flies over them. Yeah. So there's someone on Twitter who is insisting to me. This is not the only person who's made this claim. That these are owls. I don't know that I think that four people who live in West Virginia and probably see owls all the time are are getting freaked out about an owl. I'm not buying it. No. I saw someone else say that they thought it was just drunk people mistaking owls for a paranormal moth man. But... There's another case in 1966 where a bunch of National Guardsmen claimed to see a brown half-bird, half-man just, like, perched in a tree. I don't think they are drunk. Yeah. I think they were out doing their job. One of these witnesses is a woman driving home from church at 10 a.m. in broad daylight. Is she drunk? I don't think so. Does she have too much communion wine? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that was it. It's it's the sightings with multiple witnesses, which is that mass hysteria, I guess. But why are there so many in this Maybe. one area? There was one where there was literally like a whole family running from this thing in the woods. The daughter trips. The mom like covers her with her body. Would you do that for an owl? Yeah, I don't think so. And all of these eyewitnesses say very similar things. And one of the similar things is how big this thing is. Yeah. This, anywhere from a 6 to 12 foot wingspan. They say it's at least 4 feet tall in most cases, sometimes taller. There is no owl that is that big. And then some people are like, oh, well, maybe it's a sandhill crane. No! There's no way you would mistake a skinny-necked crane for a right. half-man, half-moth. Does a crane have glowing red eyes? I don't think so. No, it doesn't. No. And I will say that sandhill cranes, and this isn't something that has even been mentioned, they do have a very creepy call. Oh. We have sandhill cranes that live on our property, and their like mating call is extremely spooky and eerie. But no one talks about the sound that Mothman makes. In fact, a lot of people say that it makes no sound. Yeah, even it flying doesn't make any sound. So I don't buy this bird theory, but... I, anyway. I have never rejected the logical explanation harder. <laughs> Than me this going. is true. We have done a complete 180 on this, but honestly, I just don't buy that. I don't buy that four grave diggers looked up at something in the sky, saw an owl, and went, "Oh no, that's obviously a paranormal creature." That's half man, half moth. Half man, half moth makes no sound and has glowing red eyes and predicts the doom of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't either. I don't. Okay, so. God damn. What are we... <laughs> well, we gotta talk about In- Indrid Cold, because oh that was, like, the precursor to all of this, right? This is the one that freaked me out the most, honestly. Okay, so all of these Mothman sightings in West Virginia, starting in, yeah, like, 66 into 67, the the subtitle of this movie, or the, like, slogan is 13 months that changed history. So it's over, like, a 13-month time span. Yes. You're getting a lot of paranormal sightings of this half-man, half-moth creature from... These are people that in the town they've known their whole lives, right? Like, they would know if they were crazy or drunkards or whatever. Seemingly normal, church-going folks, right? Right. These, like, community people that people trusted are suddenly, lots of them, all reporting, seeing strange shit, like, going out of their house and seeing just red lights flying around and their dog just fucking vanishing. That was one. Yep. So anyway, 
while all of these weird paranormal sightings are getting reported to the police, people at first are reluctant because they think they're going to sound crazy. These are not people that went out like looking for UFOs. No, I don't think so. These are people just living their lives and then see something absolutely terrifying and they go, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll tell the sheriff. While that's happening, we also have a ton of UFO sightings. Yes. Over the same period of time. What does that mean? Is Mothman an alien? We know aliens are real. I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm You're so right. freaked we out. We do know aliens are real. Ah! So, okay. one of the paranormal encounters is this completely terrifying story about Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold. Even the name freaks me out. Yes. This is also known as the Grinning Man. Not better. Might Honestly, be worse. This is the part. The Grinning Man is like a scarier version of the Slender Man. Yeah. Like, what if the Slender Man just fucking grinned at you all day? Oh, my God. Don't even say that. Ah! That's worse. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. So, this is the story of Indrid Cold. And it's told from Woodrow Derenberger, who is a typical, typical Appalachian man and salesman for a sewing machine company. He lived in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, which I think is near Point Pleasant. Anyway. On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, at about 7.30 p.m., while he was returning from Marietta, Ohio, to his home, he had a strange experience. He was driving his truck on Route 77 in Parkersburg, West Virginia. He claimed that he saw a cigar-shaped, metallic-colored flying craft. The ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead of him and gradually made him... Uh, slow down to a stop on the side of the road. So he describes the vehicle as the strangest thing he had ever seen and said it resembled a kerosene lamp chimney. Okay, sure. I think, I think it's just a long metal we, tube, basically. Samantha, we all know what a kerosene lamp chimney looks sure. like. Thank you. <laughs> right. Sorry, I forgot. Okay. Uh, it was hovering about 12 inches off the road. The door opened on the craft and a being exited the ship. The uh, door to the craft shut with a loud thunk. Later, the vehicle climbed about 50 feet into the air above the highway. This being walked right up to Derenberg's truck window. He describes the being as looking like any ordinary man off the street, six feet tall, about 35 years old, olive complexion, dark brown hair, and wearing glossy metallic dark blue coat. The man spoke to Woodrow Woodrow telepathically. His mouth did not move. Instead, he had a fixed smile on his face. This is terrifying. Yeah. The man looked in through the truck's window and said without saying something along the lines of, roll down your window, I want to talk to you. During their communication, the man called himself Indrid Cold. I don't like that at all for some reason. I really don't. It's so creepy. I don't like it. He told Woodrow that he meant him no harm. In the famous Derenberg interview, this is according to, where did you find these? The Mothman wiki? Yes. There's a very detailed wiki about Mothman. And a whole section on Indrid Cold. Yes, where you can, it's the, one of those fandom things. Mm-hmm. And they have like an entry for every Mothman sighting ever, it seems like. And then there's a whole section on ones featured in this film. Yeah. So that's where this Indrid Cold entry comes from. So there was a famous interview with Darren Berger in which he said uh, he was very frightened. And as far as I can understand, it, all the communication was mental. There were no spoken words for him or from him. Um, he knew what he was asking, but he stood there with, and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his I face. Yeah. And then they go in on to, de- to describe other encounters with Indra Cole. Over the course of the month that followed, Derenberger claimed that he was visited by Indrid Cold many times and that he even took him on a spaceship to his planet. Indrid Cold would also appear in Woodrow's front door. His wife and children even knew that this Indrid Cold was paying him visits, and they even eventually came forward saying they too saw Indrid Cold and other strange beings... Obviously, Woodrow's wife is terrified. His residents would often receive strange, unknown phone calls. Sometimes there were threats to stop speaking about his experience. Other times, they were odd beeps and electronic hums. Sometimes it was just silence. The family changed their number to an unlisted one, but somehow the calls continued. Then we get, like, the men in black coming around. So on one occasion, two men armed with loaded rifles were hiding in the woods by Derenberg's property. They observed a black Volkswagen enter his front yard. 
A particular man dressed in an all-black suit with tan skin exited or talked with Woodrow before leaving. The hunters uh, were disappointed. They waited even longer, wanting to see something truly terrifying, but maybe they already had. Woodrow hadn't heard of the men in black, but after his visit, he was extremely frightened by them. Yeah, so that's terrifying. And this documentary does some truly frightening animations mm-hmm. of the grinning man yeah that is someone else going to haunt me forever saw, someone else saw a very had a very similar encounter but didn't get injured cold's name and was just referring to him as the grinning man and it's worse yeah it's frightening um there is a very funny episode of the x-files called jose chung's from outer space which is sort of a parody i don't even know but it's very funny and the reason I'm bringing it up is that our former governor, Jesse Ventura, plays a men in black in that episode oh. and comes and tells people to not speak about their experience and that it didn't actually happen. That's funny. I wonder if I can find a clip of that because it, it is pretty amusing. Anyway. That sounds amusing. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is weird and... It's very, very weird. So here's one of the more detailed sightings that's covered in the film. This is a part that w- the music was honestly so creepy that I had trouble paying attention. <laughs> Does that make even <laughs> se- make any sense? I think I was like too busy messaging Samantha because I was like, oh my God, what's happening? So this is Marcella Bennett's Mothman sighting. Oh, this one was scary. Yeah, it dates to Wednesday, November 16th in 1966. Um, this came after a few other sightings. So Marcella, her brother Raymond... And her, his wife, Kathy, and we're bringing Marcella's two-year-old daughter, Tina, to visit... Okay, so there's a bunch of them. Whatever. <laughs> to visit relatives who lived near the TNT area of Point Pleasant. I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but the TNT area is where most of these Mothman sightings occurred. It was, I think, an armory or something that yes. had an abandoned power plant, of course. Of and course. also had been used as a toxic waste dump before ma- being turned into a wildlife sanctuary. So, Mothman seems to be living in, like, an abandoned power plant. Yeah. It, it, it's just the creepiest place ever, it sounds like. So, anyway, they're going near that area. Marcella and her brother had read about the strange sightings in the newspaper and thought it might be fun to keep a lookout. They were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, the house they were visiting was a bungalow that was, that was in the back of the TNT area, and it belonged to... Who cares? Okay, so they... <laughs> Both left to go to church. After exchanging a few words with the children, they get in the car. It's about 9 p.m. at this time. That's when they spotted some strange lights in the sky hovering over the trees. Raymond stopped when he got to the bottom of the steps. He tried to get Marcella's attention. She told him that she didn't want to see it. Oh, my God. Which I kind of relate to, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, it's, nothing has even happened. She's already like, nope, don't want it. And he was like, no, stop. You've got to see this. This isn't a plane. She ignored him and began <laughs> walking to the car carrying her daughter. Suddenly, a figure stirred in the darkness parked behind a car. She saw the creature out of the corner of her eyes as she was unlocking the car door. She first saw a man's legs that looked like they were covered in gray feathers. She did not see any feet. Like a slow motion scene in a horror film, she pulled her eyes up. The wings were drawn in towards the body. The head was tilted sideways. This is like giving me chills. It looked like a bird, but it was too big to be a bird. Standing only a few feet away, this giant bird man, its head was sunken into the shoulder area. She said that she saw no red eyes, but might have just been too frightened to notice. Marcella described the creature as over six foot tall with feathers. It just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man, and was standing there with its shoulders arched and its neck down. She was terrified, but unable to run. I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what I was seeing, said Marcella. Her brother saw it, but would not come towards where it was. Raymond and his wife were both very frightened. He kept yelling for Marcella to run, but she was paralyzed with fear. So, how many people are seeing this? That's at least four and a very small child. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's convincing to me. When Marcella finally managed to turn around, she took maybe four steps through the house before falling to the ground in a state of shock on top of her daughter. She was unable to get up as if in a trance. I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do, she explained. Marcella had heard the flapping of wings as she'd been trying to run. Oh After my God. pulling herself together, she picked up her child and ran to the house. 
The people who owned the house were waiting on the steps, and Raymond heard the creature once again flap its wings as Marcella reached them. The families locked themselves inside the house. Like, this is terrifying. This is terrifying, and a ton of people saw it, and that's what I don't understand. The families locked themselves inside the house. Marcella's hands and knees had been badly skinned and scraped. She was bruised and bleeding from the fall. She had been burned from falling on top of her cigarette. Okay. The children oh, inside were all screaming and crying in panic. Oh, my God. Raymond calls the police. By the time Marcel is lying on the sofa, she could hear him telling the sheriff's department to get to the area because they had seen the creature. He told them they were locked in the house, but it was still outside. The mothman shuffled onto the porch, pushing on the door and peering into the windows. Yeah. It took the police about 15 to 20 minutes to arrive at the house, but the creature was gone by then. The police did not make a mockery of what the family reported because they saw that Marcella had been injured. They believed what the witnesses were telling them. They had their guns drawn and were searching all around the house. Before they realized it, the front yard was full of not only police cars, but curious people and cars from everywhere. Marcella described it as the most frightening experience of her life and something she felt uncomfortable talking about. And you can tell in the documentary that she kind of doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Which doesn't tell me that she's making some shit up. Yeah. She was traumatized and could not sleep. I would think I would hear wings flapping and a noise on top of the roof. I kept feeling that the thing had followed us home. Uh, Somehow she felt the creature now had a link to her and would come back, which is something a lot of people said, that they felt like it was trying to communicate with them. And people, some people were pointed multiple sightings, like it was trying to, like, get through to them. Oh, that's so scary. (laughs) Um, she sought medical attention to deal with her anxieties and loss of sleep, but she didn't want to tell the doctor what she had seen. She would feel Mothman's presence at times and it would send her into a panic. Okay, so a lot of these, the thing that like brought a lot of attention to these cases is that John Keel wrote, he was a newspaper reporter and he came to when these started showing up in the paper and he ended up writing a book called The Mothman Prophecies. So she had talked to him about it. She was featured in a different Mothman documentary She's just, like, so... I don't know. She's very believable. Also, there was a ton of people there, and they all ran from it. Even the police believed it when they showed up because of the state of, like, terror everyone was in. Yeah. It wasn't an owl, okay? I I refuse to believe that what they saw was an an owl. owl. I don't know. There's no way people would run. Is it something that we don't know isn't extinct? That was a theory our resident librarian put forth. I believe that more than I believe that it was a sandhill crane or an That was owl. mutated by the chemical waste. Yeah, one of the things they brought up in the documentary is that maybe it was a mutant sandhill crane because of the toxic dumping ground. No! Okay, I'm sorry. There's no mutation that's going to make a crane look like half a man. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's also- Listen, I'm no scientist, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, no. That's not it. Okay, I'm going to do the one now that scared me the most. Okay, yes. And I'm honestly, like, kind of scared me even talking about it. <laughs> this is Faye Dewitt Lepore. Sure. Her Mothman sighting. Also, I, this woman is just believable. Yeah. She's not... She's just like a church-going lady. She's not a showboat. No. She's just like a... She's, she's not like me. She's just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that this woman has ever, like regaled someone with a story in her life you know what i mean she's just like calm and normal anyway i don't think you're a liar Faye. i don't know what to say i just believe you so her story is from november 66 she was 13 years old when her and her siblings decided if they could find the mythical mothman said to be haunting the area because that's something that sounds like a good idea when you're 13 sure her older brother topper not a fan of that name, had heard of the sightings and he wanted to prove it fake once and for all. So that's something also to keep in mind is that while they were out looking for this thing and they found it, this guy didn't even believe it. He was like, no, we're going to go show everybody they're a bunch of dummies. So they drove to the creature's rumored hiding place known as the TNT area in their green 59 Ford truck. As they drove, the Mothman is said to have appeared and been racing beside the car. And now when she talks about this in the documentary... Her brother was sort of like, don't look now. And she was like, what? And she was like, yeah. So right out your window, 
are the glowing eyes of the Mothman. Oh my god! And he is staring into this car, and she was like, it was almost as if he was running alongside the car, just like looking in the window. But it was so dark, she couldn't tell if he was running or flying, but like keeping up with the car. And a lot of people say that he seems to fly without using his wings. Yeah. So it was almost like he was just like keeping pace with the car, and you couldn't really tell. A lot of these sightings involve cars, like Mothman is following the car, trying to keep up with the car. There's there's a lot of vehicles related sightings so this and this is the one that freaked me out the most so he's so she like slowly turns and is face to face with the mothman oh my god staring into her car window um the creature was whitish and sandy according to her it had features of a human no beak and giant red eyes that went up to a point and grabbed her full attention According to the Mothman Wiki. Oh, really? <laughs> no, she was just bored. Like, she was whatever. like, whatever. She was like the 12-year-old talking to the Golden State Killer. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care if you kill me. What? A Mothman? <laughs> Boring. <Okay. laughs> Who cares? Okay. She didn't see the creature's wings until later. She was impressed by the creature's ability to keep up with them as the, the brother drove up to 50 miles per hour. Faye told about her signs. All I could see was the eyes. They were so big, other than anything else in his face. It just held you, and that's all you saw. The eyes are the reddest thing I've ever seen in my life, and to this day, I've never seen anything that red. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even know how to make that up. Okay. In a panic, she told her younger sister, Betty, and her younger brother, who were in the back seat, to duck. Her older brother went as fast as he could around a sharp corner trying to lose the creature, but it was simply too fast. It turned along them and continued to follow. Faye's brother went down a sharp turn and stopped the car sideways in the road. The creature jumped on the hood of the car and looked at them through the windshield. So at this point, all four of them can see it. Yes. The creature leaped on top of a nearby abandoned factory building in the TNT area. It jumped on top of the building and then just turned and sat down, crouched like a gargoyle, Faye said. Oh, my God. Which a few people do describe it as gargoyle-like. Yeah. Because it seems to, like, kind of perch. I don't know. The creature was amazingly able to leap to the height of a tall building in a simple jump without flying. Her brother got out of the car and started throwing rocks and pieces of coal towards the creature. That doesn't seem smart. I mean, these are dumb kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to try to anger the Mothman. Finally, he threw a larger chunk of coal that landed by its foot, and that's when Mothman stood up, looked at him, turned sideways, and jumped down from the roof in the same way it got up. Faye's brother rushed back to the car and closed the door because Faye is way smarter than her brother. <laughs> they saw the creature spread its wings for the first time and fly off into the darkness, leaving all four children stunned. Faye described the Mothman by saying, I'd say it's close to five or six feet wingspan, but I know it's big enough to have to carry something like that. His eyes almost took up his whole face, and that's why it's so weird. The largest part of its face is its eyes. Um, she, and addresses this mutant crane theory. She says, this is not a mutation. This was something that was perfectly formed the way it was supposed to be, just like any other thing is. Oh, that's so spooky. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> this is the story that for some reason I found like the most convincing and the one I just told to, because you have these multiple witnesses. The, my favorite is the Marcella one. Where it's just like, why would they all make that up? I don't know. Yeah. Mothman fame? No. They clearly didn't want it. Yeah, they they saw it and were instantly terrified. And she tried to run away but couldn't and, like, fell on her, like... And it jumped on their car. I'm sorry, that was not an owl. Okay. I have another one. This is Connie yeah. Carpenter's Mothman sighting. Yeah. Connie Jo Carpenter was a shy, studious girl of 18 years old from New Haven, West Virginia. She worked at the local Tiny's Diner and was the niece of reporter Mary Heyer. Who oh. went on to, like, help write the book, I think. Yeah, we should talk about that. So she's the local reporter who covered a lot of these stories, and there's the reason that there's good records. That's how John Keel even heard about it, to write the Mothman Prophecies book. She was the local person that everyone trusted and came to with these stories. If they didn't want to report it to the police because they thought they would sound like a crackpot, they were all going to marry, and she was recording it all in this column that she had about, like, which I think at one point was just, like, goings on around town, which was probably really boring honestly right until mothman showed up yeah it was like puppies for sale you know exactly look forward to the ice cream social and then it was like oh my god mothman is terrorizing us all yes 
So, Connie claimed to have had an encounter with the Mothman at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, November 27, 1966. She was driving home from church when she saw what she thought at first was a large man in gray standing on the deserted links of the Mason County Golf Course on Route 62. Ten-foot wings suddenly unfolded from the man's back. It took off straight up and headed towards her car. She said, those eyes, they were very red, and once they were fixed on me, I couldn't take my own eyes off of them. She said, it's a wonder I didn't have a car wreck. She also says that the creature flew directly at her windshield and then veered off and disappeared. Connie stepped on the gas and raced home in hysteria. She locked herself in her bedroom. All she would ever say was, those eyes, those eyes. Her boyfriend would later say that she was so upset that she was unable to go to school for several days and required medical attention. She was one of the Mothman witnesses to suffer from an ailment called Kalig conjunctivitis, or eye burn. Her eyes were red, swollen, and itchy, with water coming out of them for two weeks afterwards. Miss Carpenter was also one of the few to claim a close look at the Mothman's face. She said it was horrible, like something out of a science fiction movie. That's the other thing, is this eye burn thing. And it, they only talked about her in the documentary, but in the wiki it says that she was one of many who suffered from... I think she was the only person that wanted to talk to the documentary or was still around to talk to the Probably. documentary. But there are other reported cases of people seeing Mothman and then their eyes are like burned red. Like physically burned. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, what happens when you see owls. Yeah, you know. In 2001, when they did the Search for the Mothman documentary, she was still unable to talk about it. Her husband, Keith Eicher, who was her boyfriend at the time of the sighting, told her story to try and set the record straight. In the interview, he said, I'd like people just to understand that I'm here to make sure that they don't think she's a kook, because she's not. And what she has said and has seen, she actually saw. He went on to say... The only thing I have to say is keep an open mind, because someday it could happen to you. And if you try to tell somebody, what are you going to do if they laugh at you, or if they call you a kook, that you're imagining, or that you're trying to cause chaos, but it actually did happen. What if, and if's a big question. So, why would she make this up? That's what, That's a, the thing. A reason that, even though there's not multiple witnesses to this story, she is clearly a person that's trusted in town. And she gets his eye burn. She gets his eye burn. She is so upset that she had to seek medical attention. Her boyfriend is like, no, she really saw something. It sounds like she's been ridiculed. Like, she's not doing this for attention or for no, fame. She hates like, it. Like, she didn't even want to appear in the first documentary they did about Mothman. Like, I don't believe that these are people who are just mistaken or making it up. I know, but then what is it? It's Mothman. Well, okay. Yeah, true. We've been over that. Okay. <laughs> So, this is the... We're going to do one more, I think. And this is actually the one I find least believable. hmm So... Yeah, I'm not sure about this one. I'm not sure about this one. Um, so, we're putting this one in there because this one I kind of think was a dream. So... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, Lawrence Gray. This is his Mothman sighting from the fall of 1966. Him and his wife were renting a small white house in Point Pleasant. One evening around 9.30, the couple were returning from church... I walked upon the steps and immediately saw that someone had been or was in the house. I just had a feeling. I didn't mention it to my wife because I figured she would think I was joking. So I opened the door and went into the house. And I just had a feeling much stronger that something was not right. And I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Where sometimes you're just like, something's been moved or you just, I don't know. There's like a vibe in the air that you get a weird feeling. things are off. Yeah. I remember glancing around the living room and I didn't see anything out of place. So I walked to the bathroom. It was a dead fear sense that something was there. Somebody was there and I couldn't see them. So the evening went on and finally we went to bed around 1030 or 11. I was lying there in bed and all of a sudden at around 3 a.m. I found myself awake and looking out the window. I remember all of this very clearly. A bright street light was out in front of the church down on, or by the corner. A car pulled up and stopped and then went down the street. I remember looking at the car and wondering why am I awake? I didn't feel anything at that moment. I turned my head across the bed, and there this thing stood. 
It just sort of paralyzed me and I was frozen with fear. I was taken by what I was seeing and I was really afraid at this point. I was standing there and I tried to yell, but I couldn't make any noise. My wife was lying there beside me asleep. The thing was standing there. It was at least six feet tall, maybe taller from where I was laying. And it was sort of a dirty lunar color. I've it's never like dirty heard dirty gray. I guess like the moon. I guess I've never heard that description ever. The, th- the dirt, you know, the dirty, dirty lunar. You're like, what color would you like this shirt? Oh, I don't know. I was looking for something in a dirty lunar color. <laughs> this thing could see me, and I could see it. We both knew we were looking at each other. To me, I was convinced, as sure as I am sitting in this chair, that it was the devil. It had two arms or things that looked like wings and was standing there and then he demonstrates it. I did not see any red eyes of any sort. It had a shape. It had a head and those deep eyes and it was pronounced in its own way. It wasn't really a human form, but it was in the form of a body. The head was very much a head with a wing formation off its sides. I can see it in my mind just as clear as it was that night. I would estimate it. It lasted about 45 seconds or so. It just went on for a while. I didn't really know what to do. Then I started thinking of Bible scripture in my mind, and it was just like salt on a slug. Oh, my God. It kind of dissipated. Not real fast, but it sort of went into nothing. Lawrence then woke up his wife and told her what she'd seen. She agreed with him that it was the devil. Okay. Um, I, I think that was a dream. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff going in town. Obviously, you're going to be more anxious. You're going to... Th- you're reading about it every day in the paper. Yeah. So you had a weird, intense dream, and you don't even really think it's Mothman. You think it's the devil, so... I don't really believe that one. But Lawrence, I still believe Mothman is real. Oh, yeah. Because there's all these other sightings with all these other people that didn't wake up in the night and see something by their bed. Right. Bye, Lawrence. <sighs> yeah, I've been asking people, like, what do you think it is? And a lot of people would say owls. Drunk people seeing owls. Maybe it's a mutated crane. I don't think so. I also, don't think so. this so all of these sightings culminated in this collapse of a bridge. Yes, the thing about Mothman is, and there are some other reported sightings around the world that a bunch of people see Mothman and then something bad happens. Yes. So you don't really want to see Mothman, and this is why I'm worried about Chicago. Chicago, what's going to happen to you? Right. Bridges collapse. People will often see Mothman perched on a bridge before the bridge collapses. Now, this documentary specifically said. That no one saw Mothman on the Silver Bridge before it collapsed. No. But no one saw Mothman after the bridge collapsed. It's like all these sightings happened, the bridge collapsed, and then he was gone. He was gone. And also also the UFOs and also the Men in Black stuff. Because a lot of people who have these encounters, either with injured cold or Mothman or see a UFO, get visits from Men in Black telling them, quit talking about what you saw. Right. Which is another creepy level. So what happens is the Silver Bridge, which was a chain suspension bridge built in 1928 and named for the color of its aluminum paint guess what it was called the silver bridge because it was silver because it was silver very creative and it was part of u.s route 35 over the ohio river it connected point pleasant with ohio so on december 15th so it's 10 days before christmas lots of people are out and about you got a bunch of semis on the bridge you got a ton of people on the bridge and it collapses during rush hour traffic and it apparently happened very quickly. And this resulted in the deaths of 46 people. Which, from a, an area with a town this small, like... That's a lot of people. It's a huge impact. There, I think their mayor died, yeah. or their mayor's wife died. Like, it was like everybody everyone, knew. Either you died on the bridge, or you knew someone who died on the bridge. Absolutely. Two of the victims were never even found. Um, eventually, they did... So they, there was an investigation of the collapse, and it was due to the failure of a single eye bar in the suspension chain. Um, an analysis showed that the bridge had been carrying, like, way too heavy loads for its design. Like, there should not have been that many semis on the bridge. It couldn't handle it. And that it had been pretty poorly maintained. But also, that was partly, like, the design of the bridge made it really hard to inspect. Mm. And, um, yeah. And this actually led to some federal standards of, like how bridges should be inspected and cared for which i don't really feel like we follow because our infrastructure is dying and there's there's probably going to be a ton of bridge collapses because we're not taking care we're not putting money into any of that yeah fortunately Um, minnesota is or has been ever since the 35 bridge collapse which 
Again, I mean, it took a tragedy to get them to start so sad. investing in our infrastructure. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case all across the country, but fortunately, Minnesota is slowly but surely upgrading their, our bridges. Um, John Oliver did a really good segment because it is kind of a boring subject, and I don't know that anybody really wants to think about bridge maintenance, but right. he did a really good segment on failing infrastructure and how that's something we haven't really been putting money into since the 70s. But Liz, we need a border wall. Yeah. Oh my god. We need god. to spend all our money on that. Anyway. Oh sorry. Oh my I'm god. Sorry. Yes. Anyway. So, um forty six people died in that disaster. There was a couple bridges that were of a similar construction and they were like immediately shut down so that the same thing didn't happen. Um it's sort of like pointed to as a like for engineers as a like example of what not to do. Yes. The Silver so, Bridge. So a lot of people are saying that Mothman is a bad omen. Do you think Mothman is uh, comes to warn us? You know, because there's this whole aspect of people think that he's trying to communicate to them. Do you think he's flying around being like, listen to me, your bridge is going to collapse? Okay, so part of my homework for this segment is that I watched the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, yes. which is from 2002. It starts Richard Gere. I saw it back in the day and remembered thinking it was like kind of good, kind of spooky, but I didn't really remember it that well. So I watched it again last night. Um, if you want to watch it, you can rent it on Amazon. I think it was like three bucks. It's good, not great. It is inspired by these events, but it's not literal. Sure. So it doesn't take place in the 60s. It takes place when they filmed it because that's easier, right. right? The main character is like sort of based on the author, John Keel, but it's not literal. He has like a wife that died who's played by Deborah Messing. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Um, so he's like haunted by her death because she's driving in a car and like sees Mothman and crashes. And then when she goes to the hospital, it turns out she has brain cancer and dies in like two weeks. Oh. Okay. So he's like, he like randomly ends up in Point Pleasant. Like, and he doesn't, can't figure out how he got there. He's like driving at night and shouldn't have ended up in Point Pleasant. And his car just like stops in Point Pleasant and then all this weird shit happens. So it's like kind of based on this, but not really. And then a bridge collapses. But the reason I bring that up is because he tracks down a, like, paranormal expert and is like, you know, explain to me what the fuck is going on. And that guy's like, look, these are, like, advanced beings and they're trying to communicate with us, but they're, like, so advanced that they can't. That they can't. And his analogy is, like, if you tried to explain yourself to a cockroach, would the cockroach understand what you're saying? And where the cockroach? Yes. Okay. So, like, Mothman is trying to communicate with us, but it doesn't mean anything to us, because we're too stupid. <laughs> you know what? I buy it. I kind of buy it. Yeah. Actually, this that guy makes is a lot of sense. Like, he comes from another dimension. He's super advanced. He's trying to warn you that bad shit's going to happen, but you're too dumb to pick up on the things. Right. And it's some of the things in the movie the, that, like, other disasters get predicted, where, like, people hear, like, this many people will die, and then they, like, turn on the news, and it's like, oh, my God, there was an earthquake, and that many people died, right? Like, there's other predictions. But they don't really get a specific thing about the bridge. It's just after the bridge happens, they're like, oh, that's why it was this number, and that's why, like, blah, blah, blah. They kind of, like, can piece the patients together. But, you know, Richard Gere's too dumb to figure out what the Mothman are trying to tell him. We're the cockroach, you guys. Yes. The movie has, like, a very spooky vibe. I feel like it's true to this story and that you don't really get a satisfying answer. Like, it's just creepy. Right. Like, he gets... When you're reading that thing about Indrid Cold and the phone calls, it focuses a lot on that. And I think that's because that's easier to do in a movie than have Mothman sightings, which eventually would just get che cheesy. Right. So you have... Uh, Laura Linney plays, like, the sheriff of Point Pleasant. And so people are coming to her with their Mothman story. So every so often, she's just telling Richard Gere, the main character, like, 30 more people saw that creature or whatever. But you're not actually seeing that happen. Seeing, okay. He's just getting, like, lots of creepy injured cold, which they call him injured cold in the movie, phone calls, which are, like, injured cold, like, knows everything and is also, like, trying to tell him about his dead wife. 
Oh my god, I'm so and freaked out by Indrid Cold. Yes, and it is kind of like the creepiest part. Yes. So the movie is creepy. It has just like, it's a lot of just like sounds and it's very whispery. Yeah, you were mentioning that Mac did not like that. Yeah, Mac doesn't like whispering, so this was probably his worst movie experience of his life because <laughs> even the, like Richard Gere and the other characters are just like kind of talking in hushed tones the whole time to sort of set that mood. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting like creepy phone calls. It did have the thing where, and they had it with the, um, like the fire department, they were getting all these weird phone calls and then they changed their phone number and they're like, before we could even tell anyone, the phone calls just kept coming and they're like sounds and sometimes it's a man's voice talking really fast and it's just bizarre. so creepy. But the movie doesn't really like offer a theory beyond like the Mothman are trying to communicate and we don't understand what it is. Like that's all you get in terms of like what the fuck is going on. Right. Because the movie kind of ends with the bridge collapsing. Yeah. And then it's like a very unset. It's a lot like an episode of the X-Files, except that it's more abstract because you don't ever really get a good grasp on what's happening. No, you and don't. And there's a lot of just noises. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in the story, I guess say check it out. It's not like a must-see for sure, but it does have a really creepy vibe. Yeah. And I don't know. You can sort of, if you watch the documentary you'll definitely see like where they were drawing the information from which is kind of interesting i don't know and now all i want to talk about is mothman who's <laughs> definitely trying to warn us about something something's gonna happen what? in chicago i'm scared for i know them. there's been a lot of sightings recently and people are not taking it seriously enough i know i mean what are you gonna do except maybe leave <sighs> yeah i don't, know. I don't, don't know. drive on any bridges i think that's impossible but yeah, I don't know. Maybe talk to your alderman about some bridge maintenance. <laughs> make sure they're in good repair. Yeah, I don't know. This is the lesson. We need to make sure. So you start seeing Mothman. Now is a good time to take a second look at your bridge. Just make sure it's in working order. Yeah. Has anybody heard from Injured Cold? God, I hope My not. My greatest nightmare. I hope not. Has he called you? What the, the thing that's interesting about the movie is it came out in 2002, but it's like a very 90s movie. And I don't know that you could make it now because phones are just not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, I feel like, first of all, do I ever answer my phone? No. No. It's certainly not waking me up in the night and then saying cryptic things and then I go somewhere and then the person's like, I never called you. And then you're like, what the fuck? Like, he gets calls from people who are, like, already dead and stuff. Yeah, you could never make this. Right. We literally, so we thought we had an issue with our phone bill, Travis and I, and we were looking at it and noticed, like, he had, like, I don't know, a couple hours of minutes used on the phone in the last, like, billing cycle, and I had 20 minutes. And you were like, that's way too And I literally was like, I talked on the phone for 20 minutes? That's so much. (laughs) I was like, that can't be right. No, that's not right. (laughs) Like, we have unlimited calling or whatever, which we don't really need. No, no, no one needs it. No one talks on the phone that much. I actively avoid talking on the phone. Everybody hates, it turns out that people hated that. So, when they got, got a way out of it, they took it. Um... It's also one of those movies that I feel like they just kind of don't make these sort of mid-tier, mid-brow thrillers anymore. Like your legal thrillers. They really don't. And it's a shame. Though, I mean, I used to be all about that stupid stuff. They're, you're not going to see a Primal Fear or a Pelican Brief anymore. No. And this movie is kind of like the last throw of that genre, whatever you want to call that. The throwaway? No, the last... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't little, know either. It's the vi- last vestige of that thing. It's a shame. You know, when you would go to Blockbuster and look through a bunch of VHSs. <laughs> this seems like a very VHS movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so... What else do we have to say about Mothman other than... He's coming for us. I guess. I, I mean, I kind of want to see Mothman, show but I, respect. I definitely don't. Talk to your public officials about maintaining your bridges. I guess, supposedly, he was also seen before Chernobyl and other disasters. It's not a good sign for Chicago. I'm kind of worried about everybody I know there. When were these sightings happening? It was, it's was. it been in the last year, right? Yes. So we could see something. I mean, it took 13 months for the bridge to collapse in Point Pleasant. Um, we, so we could be seeing something bad happen to Chicago. I really hope not, but... I mean, this is- it's hilarious how much both of us are like, yep, <laughs> that 
that's real. <laughs> We're so invested. We watched one one hour doc. Literally before this, you asked me like, "What is that with Mothman?" Like, I don't get it. what. Uh, yeah, I was like, we I watched- don't really get him. Like, what's his? And deal? here's the thing, you guys. We did. It's not like we made it through the entire hour and came to this conclusion. We were oh, like no. ten minutes yeah. in and we're messaging each other like, "Holy fuck, Mothman's real!" So Mothman's real. What are we gonna do about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're convinced. Um, Bigfoot bullshit. Yeah. Don't believe in Bigfoot. No, it's there is a Bigfoot, and they should buy our patented Bigfoot oh, repellent. Oh, that's true. I suppose we should but perhaps work. Perhaps it's you Bigfoot spray. We should work on getting some Bigfoot spray made. Yes. Um, yes. Or some Mothman spray, except Mothman's real, so it'll be hard to guarantee <laughs> that it'll keep Mothman's away. Um, is, is Mothman a ghost? Is that why we don't have a Mothman body? I just, I, I, I am. It makes okay. me think it's actually like a paranormal thing. I can't believe me it. Me too. This is the thing: is that <laughs> if, if I'm inclined to believe something, I will. Be, you, usually, I'm with Megan. I'm like, okay, this is just a new species we've never discovered or whatever. I honestly think Mothman is a paranormal being coming to warn us about impending disasters. Maybe it's like a misinterpretation of an angel. Do you th- maybe do you think that's really what a- what angels actually look like? And we're so we've been like, told, oh, it's a man and it has wings, and like, you're like, oh, that sounds pretty, and it's like, no, it's terrifying. God's up there, like this is what an angel looks like, and we're here painting pictures of these angelic white people. Maybe. I mean, why would it look like a white human? And or, not I don't a know moth? why it wouldn't, and not a moth. Well, yeah, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it have glowing out of red eyes that are the reddest thing you've ever seen and burn your eyes? Uh. Which that's I don't in, know. That's in the moth and prophecy too, the movie, and it's freaky. Oh my god! This, they they this show guy's a picture eyes of get the, burned. They show a picture of it in this documentary too, and it was like, "Ooh, that's serious." Yeah. So yeah, not good. Because uh, Megan was like, "Remember when they found that prehistoric fish that they thought was extinct that no one had seen, and like, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Yeah." That's a good logical explanation. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, I'm more inclined to believe that, like, sea monsters could be the thing a prehistoric is, fish because they're in the ocean. Anything about the ocean. Yeah. There's tons of shit in the ocean we don't know anything about. Yeah, but this is on land, and this is, these are six foot tall, 12 foot wingspan. If that thing dies, someone's going to find it, I would think. You would think. So that makes me believe it might be paranormal. This was me all to annoy Max during watching the Mothman <laughs> Prize series. Because also, yeah, the mu- the music's so creepy. Everybody's, like, whispering. And, and I just kept going, Mothman. <laughs> Mothman. And Max over there planning your murder. He's yeah, because like, he really hates whispering. He's the opposite of those, whatever those letters are. People. ASMR? Yeah. Is that just whispering? I'm still not sure what that even is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't see the appeal, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's all we have, I think, but you guys, Mothman. It's probably it's real. real. I think it's real. Tell us on social media. Go to the Facebook group that was just created and tell us if you believe in Mothman. Watch this documentary. I really recommend it. Yeah. Should we rate the documentary? It's something we oh, sometimes tr- forget to do in the Patreon That's episodes. true. I'm, I'm like a 4.5. Yeah. I'm a 4. I really liked it. I think some of the writing is kind of cheesy. That's true. I think... You, there's times where you're like, all right, this is clearly it was a Kickstarter project, even though the like animation things are good. They're good in the, how creepy they are, and the music is good. Yeah. Um, and I did. It's propaganda that fucking sold me on Mothman. So I mean, yeah. really, I should probably be rating it higher. <laughs> also, I just thought it was when I thought. Okay, so usually we'll watch something that's like a half an hour, maybe forty minutes tops. I'm like, oh my god, this is an hour. It's going to be such a slog. But it was really well paced. I flew through well, it. Well, I was and terrified. I was like terrified the whole time which usually i don't like i don't watch horror movies i don't like to be scared but this one i was like it was good shit i really liked it there, and i'm convinced the mothman is real there is both a mothman festival and a mothman museum i was gonna ask you if we should go to the mothman festival next i totally want to go it's in september yeah i totally want to go because <laughs> virginia i want to talk to other people who think mothman is real <laughs> oh my god we what roll into happen? town with our Mothman swag, and we're like, we're here to talk about Mothman. Yeah, we do a Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Do you think we could get a booth at the Mothman Festival? Probably. There is an Unsolved Mysteries episode about Mothman. I think it comes up in, like, season six or something. Oh, so, so far away. Eventually, we'll be talking about that in terms of however Unsolved Mysteries does our segment. But, yeah, that's far away. Right now, we're talking about this documentary that you should probably see. You should probably go to the Mothman Festival. You should 
send us a postcard from the museum for if sure if you want to go to the mothman festival with us let us know yeah also let us know if you think that mothman is i don't know a prehistoric creature or something yeah let us know your theories if you think it's actually a pterodactyl that's like survived uh, all this time yeah okay and, i think that's and all we lives have. in an abandoned power plant <laughs> Because of, of course. Oh my god. Okay. I'm so glad Watch I don't out for Mothman, in, you guys. I'm so glad I don't live in Point Pleasant. Yeah. Because I would be scared. Even though they, like the sighting stopped after the bridge stopped. Which, could you say, like, oh, people had more important things on their mind? Yeah, maybe. I guess. But, but whatever. No. No. It's Mothman. <laughs> Mothman's real. Mothman's real. He, they didn't listen. He was like, fuck these guys. They didn't inspect their bridge i told them to take care of this really long silver bridge that's silver and that's why it's called the silver bridge i was flying next to every car saying inspect your bridge (laughs) (laughs) but it turns out you don't speak moth that's not my problem you don't speak moth (laughs) i saw the biggest moth yesterday too walking the dogs do you think it was an omen i don't know but it was like this big wow it was gross moth kid yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was Mothman's baby. Baby Mothman. And then I was like, oh, look, it's Mothman. And Mac was like, oh, my God. Stop talking about Mothman. Because I feel like I'm just, like, the Kool-Aid man. I'm going to, like, burst through a wall and then be like, Mothman. Because that's all I want to talk about. You're going to be knocking on people's doors. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you have a moment to talk about Mothman? Yeah, I can be, like, a Mothman missionary. Yeah. Like, getting get the word out about Mothman. With little pamphlets. Mothman is real. Oh my goodness. All right. We should go before I humiliate myself anymore. Okay. Let us know what you want to hear in our next Patreon episode. We're on the fence. We haven't decided on anything. We tossed around the idea of El Chupacabra, but I don't know if we want to do two cryptids in a row. So we... That's true. We don't know what we're going to do next month. Let us know what you're interested in. Um, We'll try and get the episode out earlier than the last day of the month. uh, Next month, but no promises. (laughs) Yeah, try. (laughs) Yeah. I said I'd try. You know, it's the best I can do. It's really the best. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.